Today on the WISE 50 Over 50 Awards 2018 Atlantic Edition, Dan Dwaran of Live Center Stage. Dan had a varied 35-year career as an educator, recording engineer, clinician, and music instrument product specialist, but music performance has always been his passion, and he finally decided to follow that dream in 2012. He began the Live Center Stage program in 2017 at age 59 because he wanted to share the tools that had helped him in his journey and to encourage others to dream big and to go for it no matter what stage of life. With age comes knowledge, wisdom, and experience. The Live Center Stage workshops, webinars, personal coaching, and downloadable tools add inspiration, encouragement, mentorship, and philanthropy to that mix. Dan's philosophy is that it's never too late to pursue your dream, and his mission is to share that vision through the Live Center Stage Initiative, providing support, methodology, encouragement, health and wellness, information for the Live Center Stage community's goal is to offer tools to ensure that seniors' years are a time of creativity, exploration, and self-growth. All this, and he's an award-winning blues singer and guitarist. On today's episode you will get to hear snippets of some of Dan's music. And of course, Dan has provided one of his tracks as this podcast's theme song. I'm Michael Boyd of Podcast Atlantic, and I hope you find the information on this episode valuable. Dan, welcome to the show. I wanted to first start off by um, just kind of getting a sense of who you were back in the day. Uh, like, uh, uh, Of course, you, you're, you've been a musician for uh, many years. How many years has it been now? Well, I guess I'm kind of, uh, first of all, thanks for having me too, Mike. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. But uh, I've been playing music, I guess, you know, picked up my, my dad's guitar uh, probably about 52 or 53 years ago. So I've <laughs> been doing it for a while. But, I mean, my first band was when I was 13, growing up in, in Port Hood in Cape Breton. So ever since then, and I'm uh, I'm 60 now, so whatever that makes it, that's... Uh, that's how long I've been doing it professionally. Well, excellent, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in Port Hood, and then uh, when you were 13, you started this band. What was the name of the band? That band was called Roadblock, yeah, with my brother and two friends. Yeah. 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 And where did you play? Uh, did you play at school? <laughs> well, we or? used to play, like, uh, yeah, a lot of schools. And, and you know, I, it was, I was really fortunate to grow up in a time, like, in, that was, you know, the late 60s, where a lot of musical influences, you know, like there was the, the Celtic stuff was just coming on and I had the only PA in town. So, uh, you know, even when, uh, you know, Buddy McMaster would come to town to play, uh, you know, a dance for the adults, I, I was the, set up the PA and sit there and listen all night. And, uh, but then, we, you know, also, you know, there was bands like, you know, the Minglewood and all those guys were just kind of starting out at that time, you know, coming in from the big city and then, uh, of Sydney, you know, and then we also uh, also had, uh, you know, a lot of young people who came up from the States who really influenced me, you know, who were, 
you know, avoiding, you know, not believing in the Vietnam War. So they were, a lot of them were really music, and, and that's where I, you know, got a lot of that exposure to, you know, that music, the power, I guess, of music and and its place in the world. So uh, it was a really fortunate time to grow up and all that kind of stuff, really. You know, when you're that age, that kind of shapes you for a long time, you know, for what you're going to, what you're going to be mm-hmm. as you grow up, you know. And, of course, my dad also played guitar and sang and uh you know he was the first big influence on me for sure so yeah we used to play around the high schools and community halls and that kind of stuff all mm-hmm. through high school yeah mm-hmm. and what kind of direction did you take when you uh when you left uh, uh high school well i uh i i decided then that I, I wanted to study music but i i really had never had any you know training so i didn't really even know how to read or anything but uh managed to uh take a take a year to just uh, go to university part-time and at St. Mary's and really uh found a really good teacher and then I uh to to teach me how to read music and you know play classical guitar a little bit so I got enough to get into Dalhousie and studied there uh and got a degree in classical guitar and music education so that uh that that uh, you know gave me a lot of background in, in classical music and then also education. So then I went on to uh, teach junior high music in Brookfield for about eight years, and that that was a crazy time because we I was still playing music you know six seven nights a week at the same time. But you know you're young and you can do anything. And <laughs> <laughs> you had stories for the kids the next day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of stories for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And so, so you taught you taught for a while. When when did you stop teaching and go full time with music? So I stopped teaching in 1990, um, and just because the uh, you know the band was kind of um, becoming too much, and the whole idea was to to uh, you know go out on the road and just you know play full time and that, and it was uh, sort of a, a time that. Uh, Anyways, it didn't sort of work out that way, so I actually, you know, took a job with a company called Roland Canada, who Roland make like digital pianos and drums mm-hmm. and and a lot of guitar products. So uh, I thought that uh, I would uh, do that for a few years while I was forming a new band, and I did still, you know, play, but more part time. I was like a guitar product specialist for Roland, and then I also um, would you know visit the music stores in Atlantic Canada with and show them you know new products and things like that, and so uh, 25 years later, <laughs> I was still doing that. And uh, when I was 50 years old, I just I said, well, you know, actually more than that, I guess about 52 or 53. I said, if uh, you know, my passion had always been music, and I thought if I don't do this now. I'm never going to do it. So I, I left that job, and that's when I really, you know, at 53, uh, put out my first CD. Um, and uh, so, you know, after after a lifetime of wanting to, to follow that passion, I finally decided to do it. So. Mm-hmm.
That first CD, of course, was even my my guitar is in love with you. Uh, great, exactly. ti- great title. Um, Thanks, so that was in 2011. You're 50, 51 years old. Um, yeah, 53. How, 53, actually, 53 yeah. years old. Yeah. How how yeah. Do, how do you how did you know? Did you feel like you you made the right decision? Was it were there any anything that made you go, oh, maybe I should go back to and have a side gig as well? Yeah, uh, no, I, I mean it's it's you know my dad who my dad's 91 right now and he's always been my biggest uh, um, you know influence and uh, you know. I've always wanted to do this and uh, my, my entire life. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote a song for him that's on that album called Like My Father. And uh, he said, you know, I played it for him on Father's Day and that kind of thing. And he said, you know, you've been saying I'm not in any, uh, you know, I gotta, I'm not in any big hurry. I got to get this done. He was saying, you, you better get in a hurry. Yeah. And, <laughs> put that on an album and get, get going, you know, and, and, and he was right, you know, and, and, you know, I, I have to say that since I started to do this, I've never felt more like this is what I was meant to do. And this is what I always wanted to do. And I'm just, I mean, it sounds really corny, Mike, but I get up every morning way earlier than I ever did in my entire life and I just literally jump out of bed I'm I'm pumped and excited to to get at it you know so uh so yeah no I never look back at all I mean it's uh you know financially uh, obviously it's a it's it, it, it's always a challenge but you know I'm learning more and more you know how about how how following your passion is you know so important and uh, it's become such a big part of my life uh, to to just kind of try and spread that word a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. my experience with my own company, uh, Podcast Atlantic, uh, is is kind of I feel it's the same way. Is that you know, like uh, there may be some challenges uh, financially, but uh, the uh, the rewards from the job far outweigh any small difficulties that may come up. Um, and uh, you know, and and as we go, it just seems to get better and better. I, I find because uh, absolutely. I'm, well, I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm looking at your bio, and uh, yeah. you know, you you started at 53 with the first album, and uh, you've yeah. just released your uh, your fourth uh, album, Living Center Stage, um, yeah. and you've won one big load of awards <clears> for, <throat> for somebody who's been in it a little over 10 years or around 10 yeah. years. Um, yeah. you know, well, I mean, I never really left the industry kind of thing. You know, I've been playing all that time, but really, yeah, the full time. Indi- you know, I was mainly more like all the the whole time up until that time, more of a sideman or more, you know, playing in cover bands and that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've been playing. I've never really stopped playing in bands and all that kind of stuff. But really, you're you're right. Just, you know, focusing on my own stuff is just been the last seven years really like yeah. that since the first album came out yeah 10 years and then seven years since the first album so yeah 
Well, yeah. I've got to tell you, I mean, it's some really great music. I mean, the blues, the blues are, it's, it's one of those genres that really, uh, you know, speak to a, a lot of people. Uh, even, you know, even if something like, like I admitted before we started the, uh, started recording here that, uh, that, you know, I, I, I do like the blues, but quite often I'm not exposed to it enough. And, and, and mm-hmm. then all, all of a sudden I'll hear music like yourself or I'll be at a live performance where there's a blues artist and I'll go, why don't I listen to this more? This is, this really, T- speaks to me. Yeah, it's fun stuff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah especially when you, yeah. when you, st- when you're like really going on, going to it on your guitar, man. That's uh, that's amazing yeah. stuff. Uh, can yeah. you tell me about blues and schools? Yeah, so I mean, the the uh, the blues and schools is uh, kind of um, a little bit uh, reaches into my background as you know when I taught junior high music and that as well and that. The idea of, of blues in schools is um, to kind of educate the, the kids and have some fun with, with the students in schools uh, and let them know about, you know, the whole history of, of where uh, blues music came from and, and also what it led to, you know, all of the different uh, genres, you know, rock and roll, jazz, all uh, even country, you know, a lot of different styles came from the blues. So just... Putting it in context and 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 uh, educating the kids, having some fun about you know uh, opportunities and how you know different artists took the music to a different place and sort of uh, kind of mentoring and encouraging them. So uh, on to you know hopefully picking up an instrument and 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 you know taking the blues somewhere where it hasn't been before, you know, as, as the next generation of musicians. And I love that, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, you know, it's, there's, when we grew up, uh, there was so much live music around because that's all there was, you know, uh, and, and kids are not exposed as much to, you know, real live musicians. They've got lots of music on, you know, on on uh, uh, online and that, but to actually be in a room with musicians and 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 you know see uh, the potential to play their instruments and, and that there's not as many opportunities for that. So it's it's a lot of fun. So I get to do that at at music festivals and that kind of thing as as well. So um, that's uh, that's a lot of fun and and. Uh, like I said, I've been doing that right across the country, kind of thing, the last couple of years. When, uh, like, I'm, I'm fortunate in the summer and in the fall to be able to play uh, with my band at you know festivals and that kind of thing. And uh, so, as part of it, while you're at the festivals, a lot of times I get the opportunity to do these blues in schools as well and camps as well. Like, I'm, I'm doing a festival in uh, New Brunswick uh, called Hullabaloo in Perth Andover and we'll do a week long camp with the kids. So it's kind of blues in schools, but blues in schools in the summer in camp kind of thing, you know, where they get to uh, put a band together and actually play some, play some music. So, so I have a couple of different programs uh, for in the schools uh, for elementary, junior high and high school. And then I have sort of a anti-bullying, anti-racism little, uh, well, it can be like a full day seminar for more high school and junior high that's sort of based on, you know, how music can be a real creative outlet for your, mm-hmm. for growth and for, you know, your emotions and that. And uh, it's all kind of based on one of the songs off my album called We're Killing Each Other, Trying to Get Into Heaven, where it's, you know, like, hey, 
a lot of uh, strife caused by, you know, people having different beliefs and so on. And it's like, hey, it's okay to have different beliefs and, you know, we need to respect each other and so on. So so it can lead to a lot of different things, as you can tell. Mm. Uh, now, if there are any educators out there interested in this program, how do, how do they go about uh, becoming a part of it? Pretty much, like, uh, it's all the information is on my website, uh, just my name, wdandwyron.com. And uh, so, yeah, there's a there's a tab there about edu- uh, clinics and that kind of. Uh, it's all under there for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. You, you you heard it from Dan, uh, you know, educators. This is a great program. So uh, uh, reach out to him. Coast Blues Society's Maritimes to Memphis competition. Can you tell me um, a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was probably, uh, you know, one of the biggest highlights of my music career so far was uh, my band and I on two occasions, I think it was 2014-2017, or 2013-2017, that we um, had the opportunity to represent Atlantic Canada and travel down to Memphis and play it. It's called the International Blues Challenge. So there's literally bands from all over the world competing there. Um, and uh, so just to have the opportunity to get down to Memphis, which is really kind of the birthplace of the blues, mm-hmm. And uh, here, you know, uh, hear all these different musicians and and all and, and get to, you know, play. We played three nights in a row right on Beale Street each time that we were there. So, you know, the, the very famous street and playing in some really famous clubs. And, of course, we got to take all that in. And um, from a business side of it, of course, it's a huge networking opportunity. And, and we did manage to, you know, make uh some new relationships while we're down there that you know i'm still still developing even now mm-hmm. to, to travel to different places to play music but that that was pretty exciting i mean that was uh you know that's the, the home of sun records and of course uh elvis's uh you know the, the legend of elvis was born in memphis and uh, you know, so many other guys, even like Johnny Cash and all those guys have a history that goes back to Memphis. So pretty exciting. And like I said, it was a lot of fun and it was a great opportunity to to meet and network with other other musicians. And we did get work out of it. Like I got to play the Calgary Blues Festival as a, a result of that kind of thing. So, so it was a lot. Yeah, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. So when you were there, you said, uh, you know, of course, Sun Records, uh, where Elvis got his start. Yeah. I, uh, I've been, I've been to Memphis myself, and uh, was, you know, was able to visit Sun Records. And I remember when, when I was there, they talked about how certain, you know, you can actually pay to record there still. 
Exactly. They still do. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that expensive either. And some of the bands were doing that while we were there, yeah. for sure, yeah. But you did, you, yeah. you guys didn't? We didn't, but I actually, my, my third album called Stand Back, I don't know how loud this thing gets, <laughs> was uh, that whole album came out of uh, that um, first trip to... Uh, to Memphis, so a lot, almost all of that material came out of that. Okay. So uh, it was it was real inspiring, but we we were I, I wrote a lot of the stuff after coming back from there, so didn't quite make it in time. Well, next you, I'm sure you'll be back there sometime next time. Uh, next time, hopefully you'll get a chance. We'll to try do that. it next time. Yeah. Just for I'll, the experience, yeah. I imagine it's just uh, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I they said it was the same microphone Elvis held, but <laughs> I touched it. Yeah. Thought, okay. Well, yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, let's move on to uh, one. You know, one of the main main reasons uh, this podcast exists, and that's uh, Wise Fifty Over Fifty Awards. Uh, how did you uh, hear about the, the the awards? Well, I I uh, I was nominated for that uh, award, um, and uh, had had known some people who had been involved with it the previous year. So that's my suspicion to how I got <laughs> nominated. <laughs> So uh, it was it was a great opportunity. Like how that side of my business, I have like uh, it, it's kind of separate but the same. The mm -hmm. the uh, um, I call it living center stage, and um, the idea for that um, business uh, or endeavor, I guess, was mostly throughout the year. Uh, in the summer, I played more. You know. Uh, festivals and and with the band and that but throughout the year there's not that opportunity to really go out and travel with a band you know um because it's, it's quite expensive through the year to do that so uh i play a lot of solo stuff and i play a lot of house concerts where the house concert is kind of like the opposite of a bar where uh, most people want original music and not cover tunes and it's not really uh they want to know you know in the bar it's like hey get people dancing and don't talk too much and all that whereas the house concert it's always kind of uh tell me about that song that you wrote and where did it come from and then play the song you know mm -hmm. so I, I you know being from cape breton i uh i like telling stories so at the end of these shows a lot of times when you're talking to people um they would share their stories and what really was starting to hit me was, you know, what we were talking about, about following your passion and, and, you know, sort of not being too late. I started hearing about all these other people would tell me their story about how, you know, yeah, I've always wanted to do this. I always wanted to write or I always wanted to travel or I always thought I would love to, you know, have my own business because I love to cook, you know, and all of this kind of thing. And I thought, wow, this is this is so positive because a lot of times when we, you know, are approaching senior age or, you know, approaching retirement or already retiring, a lot of times you're talking to people and they're looking back, you know, we used to do this and we used to do that. And it was so cool to get encouragement from other people that are looking ahead and going like, I want to do this and I want to do that instead of just, you know, looking back all the time. So I thought it'd be cool to have uh, a community to try and develop a community of positive people looking forward 
uh, and seeing this time in life as a real opportunity to to follow their you know their passion. So that's how how uh, Live in Center Stage uh, came uh, came about, and uh, that's how I got involved with the uh, 50 over 50 as well. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, did you get a chance to go to Ottawa to, uh, to uh, accept 
the award and to take part in any I of the did. Yeah. And yeah, and I actually yeah, and I actually got to perform at, at it as well. So that was that was you know, that was really kinda cool. I mean it was you know, meeting again, meeting other people who are, you know, of similar age and, and equally passionate, maybe not about you know, I was I think I was the only musician um kind of there but uh you know there were there were many many different entrepreneurs with uh you know doing their own business kind of thing and equally or more passionate kind of thing so you you everybody's kind of feeding off of of each other in that as well you know and encouraging each other which was great so uh yeah it was it was great if they you know the got the award up there and then also I played at the reception and that too so I ended up getting some more work out of it too so, <laughs> so that's good <laughs> well, that, <laughs> it's that's, always a bonus that is a bonus have you been able to benefit from the for the award at all uh, has it given you yeah I mean so the the whole the, like I said the, the whole idea and I started a separate website and sort of thing for this uh, endeavor uh, just called Living Center Stage uh, and um, the whole idea of of it was really to try and develop that that community of, like I say, like minded people to you know support, encourage, and then provide methodology as well for. Okay, I want to do this, but you know, how do I do it? You know, and one of the, one of the, the the things for me was, uh, you know, as you approach this age, it's like, okay, well, I, I'm I'm passionate about this. I really want to do it. I got to really take care of myself, you know, one of the, the probably the only thing that's going to really stop me is if, you know, my health. So there's a real focus on, on, on that, uh, aspect of it as well. So basically I do a lot of, um, kind of, um, you know, pre-retirement se- seminars that, uh, sometimes are sponsored maybe by, you know, financial organizations and that, that are looking to, uh, you know, help people with, with their finances as they retire, uh, or just uh, help with a retirement transition in general. So, uh, you know, they usually have a keynote speaker, and uh, I call it a keynote concert because it's, you know, I, it's basically I'm, I'm playing a concert, but, you know, uh, uh, inserting some methodology in that as to, you know, finding this time to as an opportunity to, for growth and so on. So, so it's been, it, it's been sort of slow and steady and really starting to take off now. So it's, uh, it, it gives me the opportunity to, to do some travel as well, right across the country. And, um, you know, in addition to doing the house concerts, it's another aspect to, to develop, um, you know, my music and to, and to bring it to another audience kind of thing. It's, wow. Wow, I mean that's that's fantastic, and of course when, uh, when our listeners will be able to go to um, the show notes uh, and uh, and down you know and be able to find all the links to uh, your music and to uh, Live in Center Stage uh, as you know as well as your 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 other websites and and uh, you know I, I suppose you can purchase your music off your website is that is that true? Yeah. Exactly, and, and actually, if they just want to, you know, get an idea of what what it is and what it's all about, it's uh, you can listen to it all uh, live right off of my website as well, off of the player and that. So, 
But I'm not opposed to people buying it at all. All right. Yeah. And we've, I mean, <laughs> throughout this interview, uh, um, you know, and of course it'll be done through the, ed- the magic of editing, but uh, there will be some, uh, some wonderful uh, snippets of your music played throughout the music. And, and uh, you have graciously allowed us uh, to use one of, uh, one of the uh, cuts uh, as the uh, intro and outro to our, uh, our, our wonderful podcast here. So Wendy and I are very appreciative of that. Uh, oh hey, I'm uh, just appreciated to be involved, and uh, thank you for playing some of my music. Oh like, wow, that's I, awesome! Well, yeah. I, you know, I, everybody should be playing this music because it's it's wonderful. Um, any any uh, advice for older entrepreneurs such as ourselves who have have yet to pull the trigger on the on their uh, next uh, wonderful chapter? Uh, what what kind of advice do you have for us? I have I have a. A couple of things, I guess. Number one is, uh, I think you know, surrounding yourself with with people who are like minded, and you know, because we've we've really had a lifetime of experience, um, we have a lot to offer. And sometimes, as I said, when you're when you're you're approaching this age. You, you end up um, with people who maybe, you know, have more uh, negative approach to the future and, and, again, look back to say, oh, man, remember when you used to be able to do this? And, you know, just I'll, I'll give you a, an example from, from a music standpoint is, you know, you used to be in Halifax, you could play music seven nights a week in a band. and And so, and I did that, you know, and a lot of my friends did as well. Well, that's not there anymore. So the negative side of it would be, uh, you know, it's not like it used to be. Nothing's like it used to be. Well, that's true in everything. So where, when stuff is not like it used to be, it's an opportunity for growth and to make things, you know, different. So surrounding yourself with people who are positive uh, and and encouraging and like-minded in their passion, I think that's the number one thing because you get pumped up and you get excited about that. You know, that, that, that for me, uh, when I was starting this, there was, you know, I had so many people encouraging me that, that, that was major. The second thing that I would say, uh, is that your health is, you know, the probably, only second to following that passion because what you know what what's going to give you that opportunity is is really looking after yourself and uh you know a lot of times in your in your 40s and you know, there's so much focus on family and 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 you know uh, occupation and all of that that you 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 don't really have that opportunity or it's hard to find the time to to really take care of yourself. And so that this is a time that, you know, look after yourself first. When If you feel good, you really feel like you can do anything. And that's, that's kind of, that would, that would be the two biggest pieces of advice that I could give to anyone. Well, that's amazing advice. And the health, the health thing really does uh, hit home for a lot of us uh, as we, uh, yeah. as we get older and those, uh, those bones creak yeah. a little bit more, and it's harder to yeah. get out of bed in the morning sometimes. But uh, yeah. you know, we yeah. if we just keep moving forward, good things will happen. 
Absolutely, and it's you know it, it the my whole living living center stage thing is is evolving into you know that being a big part of it as well. Where I'm starting to do some keynote concerts and that for um, you know uh, like uh, gyms and and um, that uh, just different uh, places that are are working towards you know. Uh, getting fit uh as as a senior like you know it 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 is it is true that you can be fitter than you've ever been in your 60s it's you know it's it's totally uh possible it just has to be uh you know you just have to work at it maybe a little bit differently than you did when you were younger mm -hmm. True. Well, Dan, uh, I want to thank you for uh, joining us today and for all you've done. And, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing more music from you. And, of course, anybody who wants to get in touch with Dan, uh, reach out to him. All the links will be uh, available to you in our show notes. And, uh, Dan, you, you've been a wonderful guest. I want to uh, thank you uh, so much. Hey, thank you so much, Mike, for all that you're doing, and uh, and uh, I hope to meet up in person sometime real soon. I I hope so too. Yeah. I have to come next time you're playing in in Halifax. I'll take a look at your schedule, and we'll uh, we'll come over. Cause, Absolutely. Uh, all right. That would be great. Well, well thanks so much, and uh, you have a great day. You too, man. Thanks. Thank you for listening. The Wise Fifty Over Fifty Awards 2018 Atlantic Canada Edition are a production of Podcast Atlantic. Links pertaining to today's show can be found with the show notes. You can find this podcast most anywhere you get your podcast, including iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. The program series was produced by Wendy Mayhew and Michael Boyd. Theme music provided by Dan Doriron. Nominations for the 2019 Wise 50 Over 50 Awards close July 31st, 2019. So if you want to nominate a new entrepreneur over the age of 50, please go to www.50over50awards.ca and click on the link to apply or nominate. Thank you for listening.